Well, hey, what is going on? Happy Thursday and welcome to Chatterbox Reds. My name is Nick Kirby. Chatterbox Reds is your daily home for live post-game shows after every Reds game on YouTube and podcasts like you're listening to right now, always available bright and early the morning after every Reds game. We are presented, as always, by Betfred Sportsbook. Coming up on today's show, myself and Trace Fowler discuss Wednesday's Reds-Brewers game. Uh, We have a recap of the Reds minor league action on Wednesday, quick overview of the Reds-Dodgers series, a rundown of some of the uh, injury updates among some key Reds pitchers, and then also a recap of some trades that happened uh, late on Wednesday into early Thursday morning. But first, here is what happened on Wednesday afternoon in Milwaukee. It was an ugly game overall, but the Reds' defense did make some big plays early in the game. Bottom of the third, there were runners on second and third for the Brewers with one out, but Matt McClain made a really nice play, throwing out Joey Weimer at the plate. Bottom of the fifth, Ellie De La Cruz made a run-saving diving catch at third base. He took away a single from Christian Yelich to end the inning. That kept the game scoreless. Ben Lively, uh, Freddie Peralta in a pitcher's duel. Freddie Peralta, however, was just unbelievable on Wednesday. Six innings pitched. Reds just got four hits off him. No runs, no walks, and he struck out 13 batters and only needed 89 pitches to do so. Freddie Peralta had 24 swing and misses. Ben Lively, to his credit, he matched Peralta through six innings, but Lively, unlike Peralta, came back out in the seventh, and Tyrone Taylor must have been sitting on a slider because he hit it 417 feet. That put the Brewers up 2-0 in the seventh. The Brewers tacked on another run, but honestly, it didn't really even matter because it looked like the Reds really just had no chance against the Brewers pitching staff, especially the back end of their bullpen. Reds lose 3-0. Reds fall to 56-48 on the season. Reds now a game and a half back in the NL Central, but as we've mentioned before, that's more like a full two games back because they lose the tiebreaker. The Reds are now tied for the second NL wildcard spot with the Phillies. Giants have the first wildcard spot a half game ahead of the Reds and Phillies, and then the D-backs and Marlins trailing behind. They're a half game behind the Reds and Phillies. So a very, very crowded in a wild card race. Here's what David Bell had to say after the game. Games like that just come along and you know, so many strikeouts. Obviously got to be one of the more frustrating days for hitters. It is. I mean, great pitching really by both sides. And in a lot of ways that goes for the whole um, really season series uh, against this team. And today... Peralta was, was excellent, we know that, and we just weren't able to um, make the adjustment and get anything going. How do you keep the guys not letting that get in there? I know Milwaukee's in your rear view mirror now, but I mean, so close yet so far when you look at the that's, Yeah, that, that's exactly right. we got a long way to go. Um, there's a lot that we're, we're confident about in the way we're playing. I mean, today we... We struck out a lot. That hasn't been our, our issue, you know, and that we, we feel really good about our offense and our ability to score runs in a lot of different ways. So we just we continue to, to work like we have all year and continue to find ways to get better, but also be confident in how, how we've gotten to this point in the season and and uh, take that into, you know, the last two months here. A lot to build on with today. Yeah, you know, it was 
It's one of those games where you felt like the first team that scored a run had a really good chance to win the game. Um, and it could be a home run. It's, it's unfortunate because he, he pitched so well, very efficient, uh, got us deep into the game on a day that was really, uh, you know, not only did it give us a chance to win, but, uh, you know, gave us gave our bullpen a little bit of a rest. Got deep into the game, and, uh, you know, you give their, their guys credit at the bottom of the order. They got on base and were able to hit a home run off them. You know, one pitch got them today, and that's how fine the line is uh, and has been against this team. Also, I mean, four, four pitches working, it's kind of simple as that, like just the way you can make the match that way. Yeah, I mean, no walks. You know, we, we struck out quite a bit, um, no walks. And when you have a pitcher locating those pitches and throwing 97, 98, you have to honor that. You have to respect that. And it makes everything else uh, look that much better. And, you know, when, when you're throwing strikes and doing all that, it's a, it's a real tough at bat. And here's what Red starting pitcher Ben Lively had to say. You pitch so well, but then you just cringing over one, just one pitch in the game. Oh, I know. And I was second question that pitch too. And once I committed to throw it, I mean, it wasn't. A, I mean, it wasn't a bad location. Just I don't know, there wasn't enough on it. He guessed right, and just one of those things. Is it where you wanted it location was? Ah, I mean, in a way, I wanted it more off the plate, and it just stayed on. And sliders, if you guess right first pitch, and it stays on the plate, it happens. I'll have time a lot to build on. Obviously, we could go deep in the game. Um, any other day, you get offensive support. It's a good day. No, oh, for sure. I mean, definitely a positive, but you want to beat these teams, and that's just where my head's at. Just I want to beat these guys. And pretty much it. What do you make of this season series with these guys? I mean, for one thing, it's already over, but uh, pretty tough, especially the last couple of I mean, weeks. it's awesome pitching. It seems like that. Us, us one and two going against each other, you know, just a game and a half away from each other. I mean, it's exciting for me. I love getting in that situation. It fires me up, and I think there's nothing cooler in this in this sport for me to be in those kind of situations. What's kind of a feeling the clubhouse when like they won the season series the way they did, but you guys were so close in so many of these games last couple of weeks? We know we're right there. It only takes one big inning for us, and it can go either way. And just we know we're right there. We're also, we're staying positive, and we're just going to keep working. Today specifically, the way Peralta was going, how much does that kind of push you to like try to match him every inning? Oh hell yeah! I mean, yeah, that's when you get those pitching battles. You know, a lot of, everyone wants homers and hits now, but when we have those games going, I'm like, all right, this is this is this is the mound time. It's pretty cool, and it gets me going another gear. Do you look at it? You're only a game and a half still behind these guys, even though he lost the season series. You guys are still right there with two months to go here. I mean, absolutely. Like like I said, we know exactly where we're that close, and we're going to keep going. And we're going to keep going for sure. All right, now to myself and Trace Fowler discussing the game on Chatterbox Reds Live on YouTube. All right, Nick, here we sit on a day in which the Reds end a 3 to nothing loss at 423 Eastern Standard Time on a Wednesday. I don't even know what day it is at this point. Thursday? I don't know what day it is. Anyway. It's one of those days, but nonetheless, Nick, this is a this is a tough one. This is a tough one to have discussion about, largely because there wasn't a whole lot uh, of really interesting things that happened in this game. Let's just get into it. Let's get into it. It was a disgusting game. This offense, it felt like there was a lack of energy, and I don't mean that as in like they weren't trying. It was just that the Brewers were sucking the life out of them and they couldn't get anything going and it just become overly frustrating to watch. And, you know, they've struck out 18 times in a baseball game, Nick. That's just absolutely bad. Garbage. Disgusting. Uh, Peralta, for all intents and purposes, when he fo- when he faces the, the Reds, 
he's he's Pedro Martinez and and I and I don't know why I can't explain it um but these things happen in baseball I I genuinely not trying to just to dismiss this and say hey let's not talk about the game but I, I'm, I'm just ready to move on as a fan I don't even care I really don't I'm ready to move on we're a game and a half back we didn't get swept see you see you later Milwaukee nice knowing you we'll see if we have to play in the playoffs Outside of that, I'm done with it. I'm so sick and tired of watching Milwaukee. They're gross, disgusting. It's it. The whole thing's a mess. It's what they do. They they win these ugly baseball games. They uh, they make a lot of teams look bad. Um, it's like a triple option football team, and it's just not fun to watch. But it's effective. I mean, I'll give them credit. Yeah. They win baseball games. So kudos to them. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what the rest of their season looks like. Interesting to see what they do with the trade deadline because they pretty clearly have a deficiency. Also, they've had pretty much the last half decade with their offense so I, I don't know I mean they played the Braves this weekend let's see what happens I, I would not be shocked in the least bit if they go out and get swept by the Braves this weekend just the way baseball works I, sure uh positive Ben Lively was good yeah I mean look at you when you have a season like the Reds have had where you've been a lot better than anyone could have imagined you need players like Ben Lively to step up and have great years. Ben Lively, I don't even know if you would have asked me on opening day. I, w- I don't even know if I knew that Ben Lively was in the Reds organization. I'll be completely honest with you. I don't, I don't even know if I knew he was there. Um, but he's been he's been outstanding this year. He pitched really, really well in the last three starts, especially against the Brewers. Continues to give this team a chance to win. Um, he's not great. He gave a lot of hard hit. He gave eight hits today, but he didn't walk a single batter. Right. Um, he goes out, he throws strikes. Um, he, he's just been awesome this year. And uh, I don't know if his magic is going to run out at some point, but he's been great. And he's been, you know, one of the the key pieces of players that have significantly outperformed any realist expectation. That is why the Reds are still in a race here uh, going into August. We need this offense to break out and get some of these guys that are their swagger back, the confidence back. I think there for a while, a lot of these rookies felt like they not only belong, but I think they felt like they were dudes, you know? And I think that they are dudes. I'm not trying to say they're not. Um, but I want, I'd like to see Ellie get a swag back. I'd like to see Matt McLean. Um, and again, this is one single game. But today, Matt McLean looked so much different than he's looked all year just in regards to chasing pitches. He just did not look himself. He didn't have that many competitive at-bats. And you know what? Maybe it was just contagious, whatever was going on. You watch the guy in front of you strike out, and then the next guy in front of him strikes out. The next thing you know, you're standing in the on-deck circle. You've already watched two or three guys strike out in, in a row before you, and you start to overthink it. And next thing you know, the thing snowballs out of control, and you just uh, basically rip the tape up, burn the tape up, whatever you want to call it, and move on. I think that's where we're at. It's just, just forget it. I'm done with it. Um, outside of talking about Ben Lively, we have Friedel and Votto in the, uh, in the, in the rundown. Congratulations to those guys. I'm glad to see that they got, uh, they got rolling a little bit. Um, it's a shame that we weren't able to pick it up. I wanted to bring up one thing, Nick. I think, I think that the pivotal moment in this game, um, if there was ever a chance that the Reds could have got something going was the inning in which obviously India led off with a double Votto, like it or not, did his job pulled a ball to the right side, and then CES strikes out, I think, on three pitches. Might have been four, but it felt like three straight pitches. And then after that, you know, I think um, um, who came up after CES? Stevenson comes up, and he and he didn't stand much of a chance either. So 
if they score there, does it does it mean that they win the game? I'm not saying it does, but it definitely changes the mindset in the game. I think. I think that that the maybe the the momentum, if you will, would have would have definitely been in the Reds' favor, and maybe they would have capitalized on that. Maybe they wouldn't have, and they would have lost three to one or four to one or whatever it would end up being if if that happened. But that's all for not your thoughts on Friedel Vado and maybe even that situation. I don't have any thoughts on the situation. Just. CES didn't come through. I mean, he's he's a rookie that's going to happen. Um, he's a guy that that does have some flaws in his game. As good of a potential that he has, he has some flaws in his game. And, and I think it's been pretty obvious all year, just like a lot of guys. Right. Uh, TJ Friedel, man, I just, he, he's been great over the last like 365 days. And I feel like a lot of people have been very unfair to him. Like he deserves an opportunity to have a slump, work through it, and come back. He had a really good day today against a pitcher that, was absolutely dominant. Smoked a double off the wall. Also laid down a bunt, part of his game. And and you know, I know bunting can be really, really overrated. And, right. and um, but in a game like this where you're just getting nothing going, laid down a perfect bunt. Those kind of things are really nice to have in your your repertoire. And then Votto, I mean, as as much as he was struggling, had a big hit yesterday. Then had two more hits today. Uh, you know, great to see him just you know find a way to uh to, to work through it. That was really, I mean the the uh, the entire office. I did want to ask you something. I've seen some some comments in the chat. I was thinking this today as well. I, I'm sure a lot of it has been just the lack of base runners. Reds only had, I think had six base runners today, but Reds have just not stolen any bases against the Brewers. Um, I was listening. I had to run some errands for part of this game, so I was listening to a little bit on the radio. And I know Tommy Thrall was talking about it, and I, th- I think he had said like Reds stole like 21 bases in their first. X number of games against the Brewers, and they've only sold like three over the last like six or something like that. Yeah. Um, did you notice anything that the Brewers were doing differently to kind of slow that run game down? I know they only had one stolen base attempt today. They threw out Jake Fraley. Yeah. Um, I was trying to notice, but I, I really couldn't. I, I was trying to figure out what are they doing. There just wasn't enough base runners for me really to <laughs> get a good feel about it. Yeah. I listen. I I think it's a combination of the two. You already answered your own question. I yeah. I think as a uh, as a team in general, when you're having a hard time getting on base, um, you 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 kind of you kind of be you come you become a little more conservative when you get on base because you don't want to ruin a chance or you don't want to be like okay if I get picked off here or we get stolen if I if I try to take second base and I get thrown out then it's like we haven't had a guy on base in what seems like three or four innings in a row when 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 you know when you're getting one or two guys on base every inning, things are a little more free-flowing, guys are going to be a little more aggressive. You feel like, you know, uh, it, it seems just, if that makes sense, right? Um, maybe the best, again, I use bad analogies sometimes, but sometimes, like, when, you know, in a basketball game, Nick, when, when a team's hitting threes and, it, and it's going really, really well and you feel like nobody can miss then all of a sudden, like the center or somebody that usually doesn't shoot threes is wide open, and then they're like, you know what? I think I'm going to shoot one. That's kind of how it gets sometimes on the base paths. You know, uh, I think you can be overly aggressive sometimes, and, and it could be a fault. But at the same time, the reason that they're not stealing as many bases against the Brewers is because when they get on base, um, they finally they kind of take take a deep exhale and think, oh, finally we finally got someone on base. And secondly. If you don't get on base like they haven't been, you strike out 18 times, it's kind of hard to steal a base when you're not on first or second. So I wouldn't read much too much into it. Uh, and the last thing I'd say is like the Brewers do a good job holding runners on, and they have a good catcher. 
I mean, Contreras is a good catcher. He can throw guys out. Like, Fraley got a great jump today. Put it this way. If Fraley's not safe on that play, he's probably not safe on, like, 98 out of 100 stolen base attempts. Because he got a great jump. The throw was good, but it wasn't, like, unbelievably perfect. It was it was pretty good. And he still was out. And I know people were like, why didn't you challenge that? Why didn't you challenge that? Well, you never know what you might need to challenge later in the game, one. And two, when you look at the replay, it appeared that he was out. The call on the field that he was that, was that he was out, they're not going to overrule that. There, there, there's no reason to even waste your time in that situation. Um, the only thing I could ever think about, Nick, in a spot where you might want to challenge something is to try to get him, I don't know, again, this is going way above and beyond is to try to slow down a pitcher's rhythm or try to make him stand out there for maybe an extra two, three, four minutes or something like that to see if you can't get to him. But you're not really going to get to a guy that's struck out you know, 12 guys through how many ever innings he was at. And on top of that, there was nobody on. So it wasn't like it was a big situation regardless as soon as he picked the ball back up. So I don't know. That's where we're at. A couple other things here, just things kind of thinking about. So this is from Joel Luckup. Reds finished the season hitting 180, 259 on base percentage, 298 slugging against the Brewers, averaged 2.7 runs per game. They've hit 262, 340 on base percentage, 427 slugging, 5.1 runs per game against everyone else. So let's just see what they do against other teams of the Brewers. Maybe the Brewers just uh, you know, have the Reds number. One thing that does kind of stand out to me, the Reds, we're obviously chasing a lot more pitches, as you mentioned um, earlier. But I think some of that is also due to the Brewers catching, doing a really good framing job, and the umpires falling for it. And I think some of that probably just snowballed throughout the series where the Reds maybe are swinging at some pitches that they wouldn't normally swing at because they the, it's so hard to determine what the hell is the strike zone in this series. Can I, we, I think that probably adds to it as well. Can we also give some credit, though? Because here's the thing. We can sit here and complain and and, 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 and and act like the umpires need to do a better job, and they do for the large majority of the time when we talk about it. But you also have to give some credit to the Brewers. Pitchers, sure. one, and Contreras. The pitchers hit those spots over and over and over again. Like, they throw a pitch two, three inches off the plate, fastball two inches off the plate, and, and, and Contreras catches it very eloquently. And he, and he frames it very nicely. He makes it look really good. And he'll hold it there forever. He almost acts like it's a strike. Like he's like, how in the hell are you not going to strike? Like it's a, the ball's two inches off the plate, man. Well, he throws the, the the pitch, the very next pitch, they hit the same exact spot and they do it over again. So it's like at some point, the umpires are going to give in. That is just, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm an advocate for being able to 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 earn yourself a strike that's not a strike, but that's what the Brewers have done, and they've done a good job of it. And you could say all you want until they go to the to the to the ABS or whatever the the replay system they call it. You have to give those guys credit for doing a good job of of earning strikes. And also on top of that, we don't get that because Tyler Stevenson can't catch. Kind of like that's. That that's just part of it. If we if if Contreras played for the Reds, all right, and and he did that, we as a fan base would say, well, get a better catcher. 
You don't like you don't like you don't like the fact that you don't get strikes an inch off the plate. Well, find a catcher that can frame a pitch because we got one. You go find one. That's your problem, not mine. That's how I would be. And you know what? They're right in thinking that. Now again, should an umpire be given two runs a game? Should he? Should it be like two point one runs a game? No, I'm not defending that. But I'm also it's not my my main point, Nick, is it's not a coincidence that they get those calls over and over and over again. And Tyler Stevenson is dragging his is dragging his glove in the dirt on any pitch that's even relatively lower in the zone. And those pitches are strikes sometimes. And Tyler Stevenson, after he catches it, if you watch, his glove is in the dirt. You're not going to get a strike call with that. You're just not. That's part of it, like it or not. So, um, and again, Tyler Stevenson's done a much better job catching. I don't want to make it sound like I think he's terrible or anything like that. But there's a stark difference when you watch the game between Contreras and Tyler Stevenson on catching the baseball. Just receiving the baseball, it is night and day. So, whatever. But I'm ready for LA. I could give a rat's tail about what they got going on in Milwaukee because it's not going to matter. They could, Good luck for them. Hopefully they enjoy whatever wild card spot they get. If they end up getting a spot where they have to play us in Great American Ballpark after you win this division, then we'll worry about playing them later. I think, I think the difference is right now they do have some good pitching, but we've not capitalized on, on having good at-bats. And somewhere the truth lies in the middle, Nick, on why the Reds have struggled so bad. Is it us or is it them? I don't know how much you give credit either way. So, I don't know. That's kind of my 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 nutshell on Joe Luckup's uh, statistical nature there too. Yeah, I, I do. Look, the Brewers they've exploited uh, the system here, and they credit to them. I mean, you uh, you're hit it right on. If if that was our team, we would love that. We'd be like, hell yeah, we're stealing strikes for our pitchers. This is great, right. you know. And, but they almost like the Reds have exploited a system on the base paths where the Reds are stealing bases, bringing that back um, because, you know, the, the rules have changed kind of more favoring that. So this is just what the Brewers do. But what kind of gives me, I think, Trace, what, what I kind of want to circle back to here, what gives me a little bit more confidence going forward is the Brewers just might be a really, really, really bad matchup for the Reds because they have these pitchers and these catchers that can expand the strike zone to their credit but when you have a lineup full of all these young hitters, it makes it really, really difficult to to match it. So that's why I, I don't necessarily think what's happened against the Brewers is going to translate to anything else. Uh, Reds could go out this this weekend and score five runs each night, and it wouldn't shock me one bit. Yep. Um, but but yeah, I just I, I think that's part of the story of this series, and it was it, there was a tone set on on Monday night with that god awful strike zone. Yep. Uh and I think some of it just kind of carried over throughout the other three games. I think that's a very fair point, Nick. More than fair. Where else do we go? You want to do some Reds in my LB and then uh, obviously we can get in some injury updates and then we can kind of uh maybe take some final parting thoughts from the chat and more importantly, we didn't get swept. I want to remind everybody uh I know it can get hasty in the chat a little bit right now. But the truth is, is we're we're only only a game and a half back. We couldn't have possibly played all that much worse against the Brewers. So, you know the the beautiful thing is, and I know that I know that you mentioned this off air. I want to bring it up, Nick. I actually, for some dumb reason, the way sports work and the way baseball is and all that stuff, if we have to go play Milwaukee because we because we're a wild card or they're a wild card and we have to play each other in the playoffs. I really, if I was a, if I was a Brewers fan, I would hate that. 
I would hate that. I'd hate to look down and say, well, we're three and, or we're not three, but they're three and whatever, 10 against us. At best of three series. Let's lace them up and see what happens. I, the way baseball and sports goes, we'd win that series. It doesn't make any damn sense, but we would. The Reds really, I think, could exploit a three-game series. Like the Brewers are kind of built as this team that I think is built more for the 162 where they have you know a really deep bullpen. They obviously, just about every starter they throw out there is pretty solid. But the Reds, I mean, hell, you could be throwing Andrew Abbott, Hunter Green in games one and two. You could throw Nick Lodolo into the bullpen. You could throw some of your other starting Brandon Williams could get thrown. You could really shorten a series and, and, and uh, also kind of have a, a pitching staff on the other end um, that uh, could, could match a little bit of what they do. All right, let's get you caught up on all the Reds minor league action from Wednesday. It was a day game for the AAA Louisville Bats, and they gave up a 5-1 to one lead late. They lost 6-5. to five. Bats now 51-45 on the season. Connor Phillips threw five innings of one-run baseball, did walk five in this game, but she also did strike out five. Phillips now has a 2.38 ERA through five starts at AAA. Noel V. Marte, he stayed hot at AAA, two for four with a triple. Marte hitting now 329 with an 898 OPS at AAA. Jose Barrero, 0 for three with a walk. Stuart Fairchild, 0 for four. So big news, Reds announced that number 25-ranked prospect Lion Richardson was promoted to AAA Louisville. Lion Richardson is a guy with incredible talent, uh, can throw possibly upwards of 100. Uh, in 18 starts, he has a 1.96 ERA at multiple levels. He started the year uh, at Daytona more just because of the weather. He's coming back off Tommy John surgery. Then he went to Chattanooga. Now he'll be at Louisville. He's only been going about two innings at a time, so you would think Reds maybe, if, if they decided to call him up this year, which does seem like a possibility, would probably be in uh, short spurts, but that could certainly be very valuable for the Reds. Double-A Chattanooga, they lost 8-7 to Montgomery. Lookouts now 49-42 and on the year. Blake Dunn continued his incredible season. He was on base three times, stole two bases. He's now got 40 Stolen bases on the year between Dayton and Chattanooga. Reese Hines was one for five in the game. Down to high A, the Dayton Dragons, they were the lone winner for the Reds minor leagues on Wednesday, and they got it done in a big way. They won 10-5 over Great Lakes, and the Dayton Dragons have now won five straight games. They're now 47-45 and on the year. Edwin Arroyo, he was two for five. He stayed hot. Arroyo is nine for 18 over his last four games. Recently promoted Kate Hunter. He was two for three. Jay Allen, one for six, but that one hit was a double. And then last but not least, uh, low A Daytona. They lost 6-3 to Lakeland. The Tortugas now 40-49 and on the season. Sal Stewart had another big game, two for three with two walks. So he was on base four times. He had two doubles. Uh, Sal Stewart, guy who entered the game with a 308 average and 944 OPS since June 1st. Carlos Jorge was two for five. Cam Collier was two for four. Only unfortunate, uh, Hector Rodriguez, 0 for five. And uh, Hector Rodriguez had those incredible months of May and June, both months with an OPS over 1,000, but he's hitting just 186 with a 550 OPS in July. All right, let's get you caught up on some Reds injury report. Uh, these are some updates from Mark Sheldon on MLB.com. Uh, Hunter Green, his expected return is listed as August. 
Uh, Green threw a side session on Tuesday, and he has one more level to reach his in his core stability program. Once Green knocks that out, he'll be able to throw live batting practice and then start a rehab assignment either with Louisville or Dayton. David Bell said it could happen really fast. Any day, it's going to happen. Nick Lodolo, official expected return is September. Lodolo threw his first side session on Tuesday in Goodyear, and uh, it went well, according to David Bell. Based on his progression so far, Lodolo will likely not be back with the club until sometime in September. You have to wonder if Lodolo comes back. Would the Reds even want him back as a starter? Would they maybe come have him come back as a reliever or as an opener, only for maybe a couple innings? I'll have to see on that. Justin Dunn, his expected return is early September. Dunn threw a side session on Tuesday that David Bell said went well. He's been targeted to face his first live batting practice on August 8th with a rehab assignment expected on August 19th. Casey Legumina, his expected return is early August. He threw a side session on Tuesday. He's hoping for a rehab assignment soon. An interesting one, Vladimir Gutierrez coming back off Tommy John surgery. Expected return is late August. Uh, Vladimir Gutierrez pitched in a simulated game on Tuesday, and he is scheduled to throw an inning at the Arizona Complex League later this week. Uh, Gutierrez, of course, has been a starting pitcher, but the Reds are preparing him for a bullpen role this season, but hoping that he would still return back to a starter in 2024. One interesting notable that there was no updates on is Reaver San Martin. Not sure any uh, updates on him. A uh, guy that early in the year was uh, the Reds' uh, top lefty going into the year. I know that that feels like a, a million years ago. Well, the first bl- big blockbuster trade broke late on Wednesday night as the Angels, who have decided they are going to keep Shohei Otani and go for it, acquired Lucas Giolito and Rialdo Lopez from the White Sox. I know a lot of Reds fans wanted Giolito, but this trade, if you use the Baseball Trade Values website, the equivalent for what the Reds would have had to give up would have been either one of Cam Collier or Edwin Arroyo, plus either Connor Phillips or Chase Petty. Using Fangraphs' future value, it would have been something like Cam Collier or Edwin Arroyo, and then Joe Boyle. Either way, I would have been strongly against the Reds making a move like that for a two-month rental pitcher. Uh, I think there are still some deals out there that could be made for the Reds, but I just don't think that one was it. All right, Reds and Dodgers. Reds have an off day on Thursday. Reds will be facing the Dodgers starting on Friday night. Reds, of course, 56-48. and 48. Dodgers, 58-43. and 43. The Dodgers are off on Thursday. They've had a ton of pitching injuries this year, but their lineup is mostly intact. And they just acquired Kiki Hernandez from the Red Sox and Ahmed Rosario from the Guardians. Uh, probably both those guys will be in the lineup on Friday night because the Reds will have lefty Brandon Williamson on the mound. Uh, Friday night, Reds will be going up against Bobby Miller. He's a top 25 prospect entering 2023. Really talented pitcher. Mixed results so far this year, but overall a solid year for the rookie Bobby Miller. Saturday, Luke Weaver. Could it be his last start? For the Reds before the trade deadline, if the Reds decide to add someone, Weaver will be going up against Emmett Sheehan. He's got a 6.75 ERA this year. He's the Dodgers' current number six prospect. 
He got called up straight from Double A earlier this month. And then Sunday, it'll be Graham Ashcraft against Michael Grove. He's got a 6.19 ERA and up and down. Um, he's been up and down in the last two years uh, from the major leagues and the minors. So the Reds, look, it's be a very tough series uh, at Dodger Stadium. Uh, of course, the Reds will have Luke Weaver going in one of these starts. No Andrew Abbott. Uh, but nonetheless, Reds are facing some favorable pitching matchups this weekend against the Dodgers. Friday night's game is at 10-10. Saturday at 9-10, and then Sunday at 4-10. We'll have another podcast for you on Friday morning. We'll preview a little bit more about this Dodgers series and then go a little bit more in-depth into Friday's pitching matchup. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on Chatterbox Reds. If I could just ask one favor of you, please leave us a five-star review wherever you are listening to this podcast. You all have been incredible with your support of this podcast and our show on YouTube. But if you just take a couple seconds to do that, we would greatly appreciate it. That kind of stuff really, really helps us out as we continue to grow the show, hopefully continue to bring you even more Reds content. We'll have a fantastic Thursday. Enjoy the Reds off day, and we will talk again tomorrow. Go Reds.